Here we go. All right, it's Friday, August 14th, and we're back for another episode of Nudge Coach Happy Hour. What's going on, Mac? Great to be here. I'm glad we actually did make it to week two. I know yes. there was question, we had hopes, but we weren't totally sure, but we made it. I was worried, but hey, hey, we're here. Uh, we're back for another one. Um, I guess updates from carrying over to our nonsense conversation before we started last week. Uh, still following the Champions League, there was an exciting score today. Uh, didn't go great for Barcelona. No, that's true. And, and I, I feel terrible because I literally brought my iPad down this morning of like, hey, I'm going to put this on later while I'm working. Completely forgot to turn the game on. So I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> uh, also still following the NBA. Uh, the bubble is still going well. Uh, congratulations to the Portland Trail, Trailblazers for finding their way <laughs> into a play-in game for the NBA playoffs. Um, for all, all 10 people who are going to listen to this that really care about that. Um, I love I'm telling you people, feeling... the NBA in the bubble is much better than you would think it is. It's so funny. I love how we're all kind of grasping for like what life was like. Like, what did we used to do? Oh, yeah, we used to watch sports, or we used to do this or that, and it's it's kind of funny. I feel like I'm starting to see people take trips again. Like, I, I don't know. It seems like people are just. I feel like since July one, people are just starting to say, "Hey, you, you know, I'm over it. I'm ready to live life or something." It's definitely true. I feel like there's been some traveling. Um, we're not, I guess. We're definitely not in the deep south, so I'm sure it's even more so down there, um, or at least it seems like it based on, you know, coronavirus numbers, but mid-Atlantic people are definitely jumping ship, um, trying to get out, do some interesting things, so yeah. we'll see how it plays out for society in general, but I think it's just a lot of stir-crazy people right now. I, I don't blame them. I'm probably one of them. Yeah. Probably yeah. One of them. Well... Bringing it back to some sanity, I know we've had some interesting meetings over the last couple of weeks. We've been recording and putting out a lot of content, too. Um, we just rolled out a podcast with Lauren Tickner. Um, you've been meeting with some interesting folks. Let's get into, I think we had some good ideas before we, before we connected for this in terms of what we could get into today about influencers. Yeah, it seems like there's a common thread here where influencers are getting into coaching. And I think what it, it makes sense, but what's kind of interesting here, I think a lot of coaching businesses we talk to in general know that content has a role. And this kind of extends from our conversation last week where obviously content fits into the coaching model, but also to obviously coaching an important piece of the marketing side. But I think what we see a lot of typically are coaches who are great at coaching that kind of feel like, oh yeah, I need to start creating content. I need to get into marketing because I don't really have an audience. I don't have any following. And they really kind of struggle getting their, their business going. Mm -hmm. Well, I think what I'm seeing now, which is kind of interesting, and I'm having more and more meetings like this, are influencers who started with content first and really built an audience and built a brand over the course of you know months or even years. And maybe in the case of like Chase Tuning, good example, was someone who created his content, his podcast to complement his coaching offering to provide more content to his clients. But it seems like we're just seeing kind of a new era where these people are positioning themselves really as the thought leaders are creating a lot of great content. And then when they introduce coaching, it's a lot easier for them to start generating client, finding clients, generating revenue and getting themselves in a sustainable place so they can make that transition from their nine to five. Yeah, it's a hell of an investment up front, but it solves so many of the potential problems and pitfalls that you run into when you start a coaching business, right? Is 
you need a way to build trust and show that you're kind of the expert, the thought leader. Well, if someone's been following your content, wherever it may be for a while, then hell, you've done a great job of building that trust yeah. They've chosen to follow you for a reason. Um, so you've already checked that box. So I think it's a, it's a really compelling thing. You know, I, I don't know if it's a thing that everyone can pull off, but we have more and more kind of friends of the company, I would say, that are, that are doing this kind of thing and have in the past. So Chase is a great example. He's had this brand ever forward um, for a while, built that up um, along with his brother as well. They have a big YouTube presence. Um, and there are other places that people are finding ways to build these audiences, right? And it's still translating to coaching. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think about um, Richard Royer, who we're talking to, who um, he's pro gamer, same type thing. I think what's interesting is where coaching really, I think, I, I would argue, really came out of kind of more of the health side of things. I think we've seen an incredible ripple across other industries. I think, especially within 2020, as people are kind of, you know, I think whenever something like this happens, you usually see a lot of new innovation come out of it. I think what we're seeing is a lot of people have used all this as an opportunity to potentially launch coaching businesses. And I think, you know, you said Richard's a pro gamer, so he's doing a lot of streaming through Twitch. So once again, back to that idea of creating a lot of great content first, coaching kind of came as a second piece. Same with Chase, as we mentioned. Um, I think Josh Trent kind of falls into with Chase as well, was doing a lot of content around podcasting um, with Wellness Force. Um, yep. As you mentioned, same thing came coming out of fitness. I, I think there's really something there. And I, I would actually encourage more and more people to take this approach. If you know you want to get into a business, I think so many people get so product focused that they kind of forget about the whole acquisition thing. Mm -hmm. And I would even make the argument that I, I know if we launch Nudge again, I would probably just for a year, you know, sit at my computer, start generating blog posts and start generating some traffic because it's Absolutely. so much easier to give an email list. Yeah. Oh God, it's so true. Um, and, and that makes us maybe a little bit old school in that we are so email list centric, um, but it's an incredibly powerful and valuable thing, a captive audience like that of subscribers. Um, some of these folks we've talked about are a little more, I guess, new new age in terms of using different social media channels they're <laughs> definitely like, yeah i sound like such an old man saying that <laughs> um god that's the back-to-back -back weeks we've run into that back oh my god and this is why we do this during happy hour on fridays um richard a great example having a huge twitch audience so so that's an, a really ex interesting example for a couple of reasons i think this is something that's kind of a phenomenon that plays out a little differently segment by segment that I think we might want to beat up a little bit. So in the, in the gaming space, you have these thought leaders that are just, it's almost like a professional sports athlete, right? Where yeah, they're yeah. really good at what they do. People watch them be really good at what they do. And then they can translate that into coaching, mm -hmm. um, which is a little bit different model from say like a, you know, more of a holistic coach or something who's just putting out, you know, thought leadership content, not showing their like skill as much day to day, if that makes sense, uh, but still building an audience. There are different approaches for this. I think, yeah, it's, it's funny because I think that was a really good um, kind of uh, an association, I guess I'd say, with respect to the idea. Like, I think you see this a lot in like athletic performance training. Like I think about like speed training, the world we kind of come from being athletes is, uh, mm -hmm you know, you watch a guy run a four, three forty, and you say, Hey, that guy's fast. He should teach me how to be fast. And it's a <laughs> logical, you know, progression of how you get there. Whereas 
other elements of coaching may not, you know, I guess if someone's a coach and maybe they're a sales coach or their health coach or they are, they probably have some data to support what they're doing, but they can't really say, oh, watch, you know, watch this. And I think there's something really interesting to that idea that you do have these kind of different buckets of how you can kind of, I don't know, position and market. Yeah. And what, I mean, it, it kind of all boils down to, you want someone coaching you who you're going to trust to coach you, who you feel like has been where you are before and gotten to the, the goal that you want to get to. Mm-hmm. Um, they've proven that out in their lives and that's why you're going to trust them to get you there. I think there's a, I mean, it's just yeah. sort of an obvious reason to trust someone to guide you through something. I w- so here's a question for you. And I would assume the answer is yes to this. If, if you're thinking about something like gaming or, or, you know, athletic performance, or even I'd say, you know, fitness, if you see someone like on social media, you see the you know, coaches are more like fitness coaches that have like, are incredibly, you know, incredibly like jacked and have an amazing physique, which, you know, exactly like me, of course. Um, <laughs> no, but I mean, you, you would think it would be a much easier proposition or it'd be easier to build trust from that standpoint of like, Hey, this person's clearly done something versus if I'm just having to rely on maybe data or, or maybe referrals or I, I don't know. I'm trying to wonder how much the, I can see it with my own eyes, how much that plays into it. It's, it's gotta be a big part of it, right? I mean, if you sort of imagine the Instagram phenomenon, at least that we see play out a lot, just Mm -hmm. coming from our background with a lot of kind of health coaches following us. um, You know, it's a heck of a lot of fitness models basically running around on Instagram with huge followings. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that's all it is. I mean, I don't want to kind of boil it all down to that. Um, But it certainly seems like on its face, a lot of, I see it with my own eyes. So I trust it. And I'm going to follow that person. I think fitness is, I think fitness is just the easiest for that Mm -hmm. for sure. I think when, cause so much of fitness is there's that, that visual element to it. I think if you were talking about, like, I think Chase, a good example of getting into coaching around podcasts, you know, Chase has this incredible radio voice. He's done it. You can see it from the numbers. You can see how popular his, his podcast has become. I think that's where it's not as much the seeing, but it's the hearing of it. It's amazing. It kind of gets to the whole pick your channel and, you know, pick it wisely. And I think that's where like, you know, Twitch for gaming, you know, in, you know, Instagram for maybe fitness, um, you know, podcasts for podcast coaching. Um, it, it does make you wonder it, it's what is that best channel for, for each you know element of coaching? Like, I don't know what sales coaches you know, flock towards. Is that, is no, that I had to run with that. I was just going to say, so um, I didn't think of this before we started, but for example, a book that I read last year, um, Building a Story Brand, Donald Miller is the author. He has, uh, as a part of the story brand business, now I don't know if this is new or if this has been going on for a long time. So apologies to Do- Donald Miller if I've been <laughs> missing this, but um, uh, a business made simple coaching certification. Um, so he's sort of coaching the coaches as well. Yeah. Um, and, and he sort of rose to prominence as an author and became an influencer that way. Um, so that is another channel and another opportunity for business coaching, potentially um, mm-hmm. sales coaching, a similar route. I know we've met with a few people who have uh, written a handful of books and are leveraging that audience that way. Yeah. Yeah, maybe, I mean, maybe even YouTube is something better for that. If you're, you know, I think if you're in like sales and marketing, if, you know, you share your screen while you're, while you're talking, you have some FaceTimes with your, you know, humanizing the experience in some way. 
It is interesting though, but it, I think that we are getting to a point, you know, we were talking about last week a little bit, the idea of kind of the commoditization of content. And I think we're absolutely seeing that within coaching offerings, but I would argue that from like on the front end, more on the marketing side, I, I would you argue that authenticity is more important on the front end for the trust building before you even get into the program? More and more, I would say. And I think there is something to be said for a generational gap with that. Um, I think authenticity is more and more important kind of the younger you get, or maybe even sort of peaks at our generation and below. Um, But it seems to be a a real driving force kind of empowered by these more video based social Mm -hmm. media uh, platforms that have come up. Um, And yeah, I mean, I, I don't see any reason that that would, that would change in the future. Uh, that we're just so interconnected and, and we have enough bandwidth in the world to, yeah. you know, put out video and, and share content in that compelling way. So authenticity is going to win, I think, on the front end now. Yeah, see, it really seems like it has to. And it's, it's been interesting to watch because I've actually tried to check out content from all those people we were talking about, all their different channels. And it's interesting to see how much, how much it really differs. And I, I, was, you know, as I check out their episodes or I check out, you know, Richard's Twitch stream or, or whatever it may be, it, it is so interesting of how kind of, you know, it's, the content has, it's channel specific, you know, it has to be, you know, the way you would, I think you see this all the time, like the way you would post something on Twitter is generally going to be different than the way you would maybe write something on LinkedIn or Facebook. And so it, it I, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned over the past few years has really been... <clears throat> it's it's difficult to keep up with all of them you kind of got to figure out what's best for you and i think what we have found out is we are the most natural just put microphones in front of us and we'll just talk it out a little bit (laughs) and it's yeah it's it's easier for us to stay on top of too yeah no it's absolutely right and you know i think this is probably in a weird way mac useful for people to hear because you and i are not social media savants by any means we don't do a lot of social media we haven't done a lot of social media um, we're probably speaking to the common, common man or woman pretty well here in terms of our understanding of different channels. Um, but there's an opportunity here for everybody. And I think it's important to, to latch onto it. Mm-hmm. No, it, it is funny. Yeah. We're kind of just two introverted geeks that are, that like coaching and like technology. Um, yeah. <laughs> but the, um, it is interesting because I am wondering though, if, you know, even if it's on social media, whether it's just, you know, blog writing or like I said, podcasting, whatever, whatever, you know, pick your poison. If we are getting to a point where everyone has to be an influencer or a thought leader in something. It's definitely interesting because you have to get out there somehow. Right. Um, And that seems to be the, the most, or in many ways, the most accessible approach, Um, you know, either, either, you know, pitching through email um, and developing partnerships to get a, a audience growing um, and capturing email addresses, or you go to channel specific promotion. But I, I think what's also interesting here that we shouldn't kind of gloss over mm-hmm. is that all of these people with big audiences are moving towards and choosing coaching as the thing they want to do on top of it. Um, I think it speaks to the value of coaching and how people are more and more accepting it and embracing it as a really valuable thing in their lives too. And probably why we're seeing such growth in like kind of the broader coaching market and movement um, 
not just in, in health and wellness as we've seen, but like we said, we've been working with more and more business and sales and uh, relationship coaches um, coming out of the woodwork, wanting to use our platform mm-hmm. um, that, you know, this seems to be a real phenomenon that people that have an audience say, oh, I can, I can really pass on some knowledge to these people and there's a real model for me to grow. Yeah. I, I feel like there was a stick. Well, I think part of his coaching really I feel like launched around health. Mm-hmm. And I think it had a hard time getting off the ground because I think there's a generally been a stigma around health coaching that yeah. hey, I don't need help. Right. I'm, I'm, you know, everyone can live a healthier lifestyle or whatnot, but I, I think a lot of people struggled with that idea of like getting to a point, you know, stages of change, you know, the idea of like, Hey, I'm ready to start working with somebody. Right. Kind of like yeah. you're ready to work with a trainer or whatnot. I think as we've seen people, or seeing coaching expand out of health and get into other niches, whether it's gaming or something else, you're kind of tapping into some of what you see more from traditionally like sports of like, Hey, this is something I'm interested in, but I want to get really, really good at it. And so there's gotta be someone who I can learn from, whether it's in a scalable course format or it's one-on-one. So I almost wonder if that's kind of what's really been the catalyst is it's as the it's expanded, it's kind of gotten away from areas that maybe have a little stigma associated with it. Yeah. And the way the world's moving, there's a lot of individualization cropping up in the world. I think people are increasingly kind of realizing that, um, and this is kind of a a great and empowering message in general. So I promise I'm in no way making fun of this if it comes off the wrong way, the way I say this, but everyone is good at something, you know, and realizing that they, there's a model for harnessing that and and making a living off of it and passing on that knowledge to more people who want to be good at it too. Yeah. We're all consultants. That's what it's going to get down to. We're all consultants. (laughs) So the other piece though, um, so there, there are different ways this is manifesting, I think. So, you know, if I, for example, am following some fitness celebrity, let's just use that a a fitness influencer for, for example. Um, I think, you know, based on a lot of what we see, um, and what is marketed to us at least over the past several years is, we sort of expect that person to have a playbook to get me from where I am now to where I'm going. Yeah. So there's a curriculum aspect to this too. So I think we shouldn't skip that either as there's sort of the, the broader um, I'm building this audience uh, by putting myself out there, becoming mm-hmm. an influencer. People expect me to have this curriculum, my program, my playbook, they buy into that. And then the next tier on top of that is maybe even this more one-on-one highly engaged consulting coaching model. So there, there are also tiers to this too. And I'm interested to see kind of how this develops and how people are leveraging those different uh, layers to grow their business, how their model. It's shapes. interesting you say that I'd say almost every single one of the influencers I can think of now who have really taken this approach of content first, become a thought leader, then launch coaching. Mm-hmm. are structuring their funnels exactly like you said they've got their kind of their their primary content that they're pushing out regularly which is for the masses what they're then doing is creating some kind of scalable offering that is maybe low cost that they're basically trying to drive as many people into as they can maybe it's anywhere from 10 to 50 dollars and then from there they're trying to drive people into more of that premium or you know white glove concierge type type coaching. And it seems like that is the model that's really taking over right now in terms of how you structure your funnel. That, that is definitely probably, I would say that's definitely the most common way we've seen it structured. I will say there is kind of the other approach, which we've heard brought up, which is basically 
build the big influencer audience. And then the first thing you push out there is kind of the high ticket offering. Yeah, yeah that's and true. And then fall back to the more kind of long-term, more scalable kind of engagement programs. Um, it's just another way of looking at it. But I know, for example, at Impact School, I know Lauren and them are doing that. Um, I think I've seen it in other places too, though, yeah, where, you're, where you're doing you're, this white glove approach and then following people back on kind of a continuity plan. Yeah, um, you were totally right. Sorry, let me, let me circle back on what I said. You were, you were definitely right. I think in most cases, general coaching was the first step. And then what they did is they got more reps. They started seeing the commonalities of their coaching and that allowed them to create the scalable offering. Yeah. Right. Yeah, sort of an order of the way they're doing things and then how things end up falling into place in terms of their funnel, in terms of how they're bringing people in in the future when mm -hmm. things get really scalable and programmatic. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's, it is interesting the more I think about it because it does seem like the, the, all their funnels have gotten to take very similar shapes in there in very different you know, segments, you know, whether it's health or pro gaming or what, what have you, that there seems to be something there and maybe you can make the argument of, you know, Mac, you're an idiot. That's just, you know, that's just good, you know, funnel optimization and how to, how to structure it. But I think it's interesting to see even the process they followed seems to be somewhere when they started with their traditional coaching and then kind of worked backwards into that scalable offering. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's definitely, you know, some examples of people doing this both ways, like you mentioned the first place as well. For example, we talked to uh, Matt and the guys at AutoGrow and one of their kind of claim to fame is being really good at these tripwires, right? Mm -hmm. um, and talking about that as a part of uh, their funnel that they, their kind of um, example or optimized funnel that they use in, in implementing into other coaching businesses when they work with folks. Um, I mean, that's a, a low cost model where they're getting their hooks into people, um, showing that they can deliver a lot of value for whatever, 50 bucks, something yeah. along those lines. And then moving on to whether it's the high ticket offering or the um, kind of group coaching approach uh, that's a little more scalable after that um, depends on the group or, or the individual who's running that program, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's a really good point. It, it does seem like there's some commonalities here though, for sure. Um, and I, I think there's something to be said though, as I mentioned that the influencer model, I, I don't want people to be kind of overwhelmed or get intimidated by it. Cause I, I think some people think kind of like you and I said, like we're not social media gurus by any means. I think you and I are both, you know, have, have tried to like have, I think there's pros and cons to social media. And I think it's can, you know, <laughs> take you down a rabbit hole that you don't want to go. But I think it's one of those things where um, you can kind of find your channel and one that you're really comfortable with and think something that's really natural to you. Like you're a great writer. You may even find just writing medium posts. That's one we haven't mentioned yet. Good name drop yeah. for a new channel. Great example. Yeah. Um, and I think there's some people I see that really gravitate and try to stay as narrow as they can just because if, I think if you try to go too broad, you really can get burned out. And I think anyone, though, can, can follow this approach. I mean, you don't have to have a million, you know, readers or followers to, to, to take advantage of this model. I think just get started, start generating content. And even if you'd get hundreds of people, if it's the right people, high quality people, it may be all you need. Yeah, I think that's the, that's the real message from talking through this today. And again, these aren't very organized. So we're just digging into a topic off the top of our heads with, with each of these. And the, the message is, you know, no matter what that is that you're pursuing in terms of your coaching, what you, you know, that A skill that you have that you think other people want and need um, to be a part of their lives go ahead and start putting out content on it and find the place that kind of fits you the best. 
I think one thing too we haven't touched on yet is really what, some of the why behind this. And I think people just maybe hear the whole idea of creating content and say, well, you know, that sounds great, but why are we actually doing all this? And it's, yeah. I think one thing that's sometimes really overlooked is how well this can help build the relationship with prospects before you even talk to them. Absolutely. I mean, I know I've been on calls before where I've had the person before we even got started say, hey, Mac, I just want you to know, I've listened to all your podcast episodes and I feel like I know you at this point. And it's just one of those things though. It made the conversation so natural because this person already kind of felt like they had trust built up. It was one of those things we could have a really honest conversation that, you know, whether it's written word or spoken word, it really makes a huge impact. And I think some people really overlook that and just get so, you know, you know, hung up on the idea of I got to you know, get this blog post out or I have to put, you know, post at certain times and all that, but you're kind of like, you know, losing, you know, was it losing sight of the forest through the trees kind of thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And it, it's a, it's a way, there are ways here too, that it just a total in, introvert can break the ice before a conversation e even happens. You know, it's not natural to everybody to just jump into a conversation and convince someone that, you know, you're the person to trust from the jump. Um, you know, if it is putting out a lot of written content and you are really good at that and say you're using a channel like medium, Again, like, like you said, with our podcasts or uh, different things that people have come across from us, you know, they feel like they already know you. There's a, a, a level of trust there that's built up that really breaks down an awful lot of barriers that are going to be in place that um, not only is just, you know, that initial set of barriers, but even gets you to say like the actual ask faster, mm -hmm. um, streamlines those sales conversations so they're not so you know, potentially awkward and uncomfortable for people who aren't as used to doing that at the beginning of their business. Um, when the ice is broken, the ice is broken and those things become easier. Yeah. I mean, we, I think everyone hates being sold stuff. And so that's just, it's such a, I think people want to build relationships with brands than mm -hmm. more so being sold by brands at this point. Yeah. And it's, a, you could look at it as, you know, the difference between, um, you, you never want to feel like you're coming off pushy, right? Is, is something that I hear from a lot of people that we work with is, you know, they feel uncomfortable with the sale. They feel uncomfortable being pushy, but if you're putting out content and people are coming to you, then that's, that's pull. That's a different approach, right? Mm -hmm. You're letting them choose on their own that they have found something interesting in what you're doing. And the conversation is just more natural and easier from there. I think. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. man. I feel like this has been, a, I, I feel like we're kind of going down a good path here. It's one of those things without anybody else here. I, I, we may just be in a vacuum here thinking we're talking about great life changing things, but. Um, uh, find your channel, put out your content. And then we would love to talk to you about putting a, a building a coaching model on top of that, because uh, you've done a lot of the work at that point, I think yeah. is, is what we should leave it with. But I think, I think this has been useful, Mac. I think this was a good Friday rundown. I do too. I think this was really the big thing that's come up over the past couple of weeks and kind of an epiphany as we've kind of been talking through it and say, hey, this is something worth exploring because it seems like this, we, I feel like we need, almost need to coin this, like the influencer model um, or whatever we want to call it. But I, it seems like taking this approach can really do a lot. I think there's a lot of lessons to learn from it. Absolutely. Well, guys, if you're finding this on YouTube, subscribe to YouTube, keep watching it. Um, keep in mind if you're one of those people who likes to take a run with a podcast on, uh, we're also on Spotify and Apple podcasts and stuff like that. Um, and of course you can pop over to the nudgecoach.com. Vice versa too. If you're on a podcast, taking a run right now, 
when you get home, you can subscribe on YouTube. Look at that. Look at, Look that. at that. All right. <laughs> Those are the kinds of things that can only be said during Nudge Coach Happy Hour. Mac, good stuff, man. I'll see you next Cheers. week.